You're listening to Echo the Podcast. Originally discovered by country music artist Keith Urban, Callie Rohde has developed a pop sound that is lyrically sophisticated and direct. In 2017, Rohde released her debut single, Party Favor, an empowering anthem for women inspired by her own struggles. Her new single, God Save the Queen, is the next evolution of that first single, and one that Rohde hopes provides a sense of hope and strength to those listening. We chatted with the LA-based artist about her new single, her upcoming debut project, and more. Take a listen. I'm Callie Rohde. I'm a pop singer-songwriter who lives in LA, and um, I just love really fun pop music, the kind that we listen to in like middle school and <laughs> like want to bring back that kind of pop music. So... I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did you first get interested in music? Oh, gosh. Um, It kind of started with growing up. My grandma lived with us and we had a piano in the living room and I would always stare at it, but was always kind of too scared to try and play it. And so um, one day we went to like the music shop and got a book of all these like top 40 pop songs at the time. It was like Britney Spears and NSYNC and stuff like that. Um, and it was like a piano book and I kind of just like gave it to my grandma and I was like, do you think you could play some of these? And she did. And coolest grandma ever. And I was yeah. just like, I was like six, like tying up my shirt to be like Britney and just like singing around and yeah she like really kind of gave me the musical gene I would say but um she tried to get me to take piano lessons and I like could not register I just had no love for the piano whatsoever and then um when I was nine I picked up my first guitar and that was kind of the instrument that I fell in love with and like actually stuck with. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming that you probably listened to a lot of like Britney and NSYNC, but who did you listen oh. to growing up and how did they influence your sound today? There's like a lot of different kind of sounds that I listen to. When I was really little, my mom loved country and it was the era of like Shania Twain and the Dixie Chicks and I love that kind of like nineties country thing. Um, it's, and it is very pop, which is probably Mm -hmm. why I liked it. And I ended up moving to Nashville after I graduated high school. And, um, I just love like country songwriting. Um, but yeah, when I was in middle school and high school, I got like super into the warp tour punk thing and, dyed my hair black on the bottom <laughs> to try and be cool. And it was a lot of like Blink-182 and like Paramore and those kinds of bands. So it is definitely random, but I feel like if you listen to my music, there's a little bit of the obvious pop influence, but also the kind of Nashville storytelling songwriting and also the kind of like teeth of work tour that little angst that I like. (laughs) Speaking of country, Keith Urban helped to discover you and kind of launch uh, your career. How did you get connected with him? It's definitely random, (laughs) (laughs) but 
I was, when I was 17, I had a gig playing at like a Hyatt hotel in Scott. I grew up in Arizona and it was like in Scottsdale, this hotel. And I would play there a few nights a week. And I had a very strict set that I had to play like a certain amount of songs and like a certain time slot and songs have to get approved and all this stuff. And like Mm -hmm. one day, I honestly have no idea why I threw in this song, but I wrote a song for like kind of like military families, like from their perspective. And it's weird because I don't have anyone in my family currently like in the military. So don't know where the inspiration came from on that one, to be honest, but it's something that I've always like really connected to for whatever reason. And just, um, the thought of that is like completely insane to me. And I just studied a lot and, um, tried to figure out what that kind of life was like. And I ended up writing this song and when I was playing it, these people, this like group of people walked in and afterwards they came up to my mom and was like, Oh, can she play at our event tomorrow? We really liked that song about military families. And my mom like, well, she has school tomorrow. So I don't know. And ended up, she was like, yeah, just go do it. Like, we don't know what this event is. And it turned out it was with the PGA tour. So like golf. Yeah. And, uh, they have at every tournament, they have this event called, um, operation shower. And it's in, a, they have like a lot of military tents, um, at all the championships. And so I got to just go in, meet all these amazing military moms to be and military wives and they were all there and it was like a giant baby shower it was like oprah they were like you get a stroller and you get a stroller like it was so much fun and i played my song and it was the first time i think that i wrote something and got to actually see some react to it in real time and like actually have it affect them or make them cry or something and um so that was so crazy. And after that event, it went really well. And they asked me to start going around and play at different tournaments around the country, just that song. So, but while I was there doing other events, they would try and sneak in a few other shows to like, like, you know, to make it not worth my time. Cause it was very much worth my time just to play the one song, but there would always be other events going around um, in the tournament. So they were like trying to sneak me in to sing the national anthem, do stuff like that. And so one day, one show was in Jacksonville, Florida, and they had this like parking lot concert for the tournament. And they had me open the event and there was a guy in the audience and I was like the opener of the opener of the opener. There was like not very many people there, but you know, still try and give it your all. Yeah, and absolutely. So, <laughs> so um, I played and this guy came up to me afterwards. He's like, my friend's in the record business in Nashville. You should like really meet him. And I was kind of like, okay, sure. Like, you know how there's a lot of like family friends who claim they're nephew plays the trumpet and you should meet him or like something like that and I just thought it would be like that and I was like sure and I took his card 
and that was kind of it. And then played the tournament shows, the other shows. And when I was flying back to Nashville, I was like, it was like a 6 a.m. flight. I was dead asleep. And I like was someone like tapped on my shoulder and was like, can I sit here? And I was like, yeah, I like had a hoodie on and I was like hiding. And it was the guy who gave me the card, which was a very weird coincidence. So we sat together on the plane and he was telling me about his friend. And it turns out his best friend was an A&R at Universal in Nashville. And he is he was starting a new publishing company with Keith and they were like best friends. And it was it was a really crazy time because I was going to school at Belmont University in Nashville and I kind of only wanted to go for a year. My plan was to like learn as much as I possibly could in a year about the music business and then actually like do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just remember being like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is my like ticket out. And of course I went and played some songs for this A&R guy. And it took like a year of me sending songs for it to actually happen. Everything takes so much longer than you <laughs> want it to. But, and then yeah. it ended up being yeah. amazing. Um, and so that's where I, that was my like publishing home. And I learned so much. I was in Nashville for five years and I was with Keith for three of those years. Um, and it was just like the most amazing experience to like, for me, I love Nashville songwriting, like I said. So it was so cool to like be in the room with these next level producers and people who are like writing the top hits. And like a lot of the Nashville community also has that really like pop, a good pop sensibility too. So I wasn't completely like the weird kid walking in, like, let's write a pop song. And everyone's like, "Uh, I don't know. So it it was, it was a really good um, learning curve for me because I just got to, they just let me be myself and write the songs that I wanted to write and supported me through that journey. So that's my long story of how so that cool. happened. <laughs> I know. It was just like, it seemed like everything just fell into place. Like you can't plan that. That's like exactly. movie worthy. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's like something in my life that I've always strived to like have is like movie worthy moments, whether it be like how you became friends with someone or like in a relationship with someone or like career stuff. I just think it, it's so much more fun when it happens organically like that. Exactly. And you have so much of a better story to tell if it just happens organically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one of your first major singles was Party Favor in 2017. And it's such a fun song, but also like a really empowering song as well. What was the inspiration for that song back then? Well, it came out right at the time of the um, the Me Too movement. It was like right when that was starting. And I wrote the song and I was like, oh, I have to put this one out first because this is like, I just wrote it for myself because I was getting sick of going out to bars or like to parties and um, a guy offering to buy you a drink and then 
he you know tries to try something and then before you know it you're like oh you have to like code words with your friends and it was just like I was so sick of it and I was just wanting to go to a lot of gay clubs because I knew I wouldn't be bothered and it was just like (laughs) I didn't want to like I didn't want to deal with it so um that was like pretty much the sole inspiration of how I wrote it was just being fed up with my (laughs) environment of living in Nashville and trying to navigate just going out and being a girl and the expectations that come with wearing a cute dress or like whatever it may be. Um, And then, yeah, like it came out in 2017, I think. And it was kind of the first introduction to me as an artist, like of me taking it completely seriously because I had released a few things before, but I didn't had no, I mean, I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I didn't (laughs) know what I was doing even more back then. And I was like experimenting with a lot of different sounds, um, doing more rock stuff. And this was my first, like, this is who I am. And this is my reintroduction of myself. Um, so I think, I think it was a good intro song, um, that people like really liked at the time because it was so relevant to everyone's life. And there was all those stories Mm -hmm. I mean, there still are, it's still such a thing, but at that time, especially it was like the beginning. So, yeah. And speaking of, unfortunately, like you said, it's still such a major thing and still such a big thing. And your new single, God Save the Queen, kind of tackles that. And it's totally. kind of like a new evolution of it. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration for that? Yes. I mean, I always think of that song as like the big sister to Party Favor. And um, there's a few years between them, but I was like okay, I'll say it again (laughs) because it's like, okay, it's still happening. Um, Just because I also think it's easy to write songs about relationships. And I have so many of those that I'm going to put out this year, but it's like, it's, I like when songs have a message and it just so happens that I feel like party favor was more like geared towards guys and like God save the queen is more of like, universal message Mm -hmm. um, type of song. Um, But yeah, I was on my way to a session, a writing session, and I was trying to pay my parking meter. And this crazy drugged out homeless guy started chasing me and just like started pushing me, spitting on me, calling me a bitch, like all these crazy things. And I was like not expecting that at all. And I was like cornered Mm -hmm. and it was like broad daylight too. And there were people around and like no one, I was like screaming for help and no one would help me. And I'm like, here's this guy clearly pushing me. And I'm like, it was so crazy too, because I had bought pepper spray two days before. Wow. And I didn't attach it to my keys. It was like at the bottom of my bag. And I like didn't have time to like, maneuver that but it was so it was just weird timing but that's kind of where I got the idea for that song and wrote it the next day because it was kind of like 
after a car accident, you get really shaky. And I never really experienced feeling like physically violated like that of like someone just like completely in your space and like pushing. It was was just so weird. And I just wanted to write a song that kind of had this element of confidence and strength because like I did not feel that at all in the moment. I was like, ah, (laughs) like someone help me. And I was like, man, if I could go back, I would have just really fought a little harder rather than trying to run away but I guess in the moment you do what you gotta do to I mean survive seemed dramatic for that kind of situation but it it did in the moment feel like terrifying and it definitely was like I couldn't go here alone for a really long time after that because I was always like watching my back and I still do that was only like six months ago so that's kind of the inspiration for that one. (laughs) And did you find it therapeutic to like work through it in a song and just kind of like talk about it in that way? Absolutely. Like I had to write about it because I feel like anytime I would try and tell someone about it, even now it's like kind of hard to articulate exactly what happened and how it happened. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm being too dramatic. Or sometimes I'm like, I'm downplaying this. This was freaking scary. Like, and I feel like the song is just a way of like me kind of redeeming myself in how the whole thing went down. I don't know. And I didn't want to like feel like a victim either. So Mm -hmm. I just made it empowering instead. I choose to feel that instead. (laughs) Well, what's cool about the song too is a like, I just feel like it's kind of brings everybody together. Like we're all in this together. I'm so glad that you said that. That's what I want. Yeah. No, I love it. I think it's a great song and it's so empowering. And a lot of your music is very empowering. Why is it important to you to put out those kinds of messages to girls and women especially yeah I mean I just feel like growing up there was a little bit more of that in music whether it was like the Spice Girls or like there was like a lot of like togetherness in music and right now it's very like I am sad music which is like there's totally a place for that and everyone feels that obviously and I have songs that fit in that world too but I just feel like kind of a message of light and hope is a little more like what I want to spread through my music because I think it's important and I have a lot of like respect for people who can kind of get on board with that message and also spread it. So like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like when you're an artist, you have to make a quick decision of who you are. And even though it's so hard because there's so many dimensions to people and layers and like, I just feel like right out the gate, this is the first thing that I want you to know about me. So these are, that's kind of the reason why I chose to release both of those songs first because it's like okay here's my message and then we'll get into the like 
chapters of the story, but here's like the summary, you know? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And you worked um, on this song and I think you might be working with them um, for more projects, but you worked with producer um, Lindgren and also with producer Emily Wright. Um, What was it like working with such a all-star team? It like really, like, I feel so lucky. Um, So Emily is actually, she was like one of my heroes. Like I used to um, be a nerdy music child and read the liner notes of albums and like memorize the people who worked on stuff because like one day I wanted to work with them. And I always remember seeing her name and it was under like the Katy Perry Teenage Dream album and some of the Britney albums and Kesha and all these crazy songs and Party in the USA. And I just remember like memorizing that name and I remember following her and unfollowing her on Twitter, like (laughs) hoping she would notice me. She like never did back in the day. And then actually it was during the time when I was signed to Keith living in Nashville. um, We got put in a writing session together and I saw the name and I was like panicking. I was like hyperbole, (laughs) like, oh my God, I have to do like, I have to be so good at my job this day because I'm freaking out. I cannot mess this up. And we got in the room together and just really gelled. And like, we were, we had mutual boy hate at the time. We were both (laughs) going through like a similar situation. We had a lot of mutual friends, which was weird. Um, and yeah, like we just connected on a, kind of friend sister level and continued to write songs together. And then I moved out here and she was like one of the people that I was so sad about leaving in Nashville. And when I moved to LA, like a year in, she called me and she was like, I'm moving to LA again. Cause she used to live here. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And she moved here and just kind of took me under her wing and signed me to a development deal. Um, she's a for, first and foremost, like a vocal producer. And mm-hmm. as a singer, I think it's really important to have that someone who knows your voice and knows like, okay, you can do a hundred takes of this, but like, I know you can do better. Whereas sometimes you work with a new producer and they're like, that sounds great. And you're like, no, it doesn't like, (laughs) you just don't know what I can do. So, um, having her as like, not only the creative, she oversees a lot of creative direction with this project going forward. Okay. Um, but God save the queen was my first release with her, which was great. And then Lindgren, I met here in LA and, um, there's also a girl that I wrote God Save the Queen with Melanie Fontana and they're actually married. So, uh, that process was so great too, because I remember wanting to work with them so badly when I moved here and, uh, wrote a list of all the people that I wanted to work with and they were on it. So getting them on this song really took it to the next, to the next level. Um, and yeah, definitely going to do more with this dream team. (laughs) And so since 
like when you first put out Party Favor till now and through all these experiences, how has your music and your sound evolved? I think it's matured a lot. I think with Party Favor, there was a lot of like, I'm bubbly and fun, which I am. But now there's just a little bit more depth to the song, like the sound of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the songs that I'm putting out next, I wrote in 2016. So it's like the songs haven't really, like my voice as a writer hasn't changed, but my voice as a singer has gotten more confident. Um, Sonically, I've been able to figure out what direction I want to go. I think moving to LA definitely helped with that because as far as pop music goes, the producers here are just kind of a notch above anywhere else and Mm -hmm. can really tap into the sound that I want. So I think it's matured and also just like... I've been able to add a little bit more guitars, which is what I've always wanted to do. And it's just, I think it's the right time. I think in top 40 music, which is like what I want to do, there's room for everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like no one's really just doing straight up pop music right now. So it's like an exciting time to be able to do that. Absolutely. And um- if you could set up fans in the perfect environment to listen to God, God Save the Queen, what do you imagine it looking like? Ooh, this is fun. I I like, I envision, so I just, obviously the new Taylor Swift album just came out and I cleared my entire day and I turned off the lights and like lit candles and I at midnight just laid there and I listened to the whole thing but I feel like this song would have like a different kind of vibe I feel like driving like windows down like some scenic background with your friends and you're just like bopping along but I don't know I think driving and listening to music is always like the most feel good environment for me same I I think it's great when you could just like turn up the music really loud in the car and just jam out (laughs) yes absolutely um and also I wanted to ask you about we talked a little bit about what you're working on what can fans look forward to next Uh, EP what's up next yes I mean next next like soon next is gonna be we made a music video for god save the queen um quarantine style very so it's been, like it's the first video i've done like party favor i had like me and my friends and it was like fun and i'm like this is just me and <laughs> so no pressure but no but it was really fun so that's coming out and then after that we have a lot of singles coming out and eventually an EP. So that will be in the near future, but, um, yeah, going to be putting out singles consistently for sure. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And, um, also when fans listen to your music, um, whether it's God save the queen or other songs that are coming out, how do you hope that they feel when they're listening? Uh, I hope they feel everything. I mean, with God Save the Queen in particular, I think I want people to feel kind of fearless and 
I know I've said the word confident a lot in the last hour, but I just feel like that's such a message like that I want to spread. And I wanted to, I don't know, I feel like songs kind of help me process everything that's going on in my life. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot going on anyways in everyone's lives, whether it's relationships or like family stuff or girl power stuff. And I was, I'm just like, man, like, I just hope I have a song for all of those things, like all of those emotions, because I just, I love that. I just want that for (laughs) my music because I think right now it has been a lot of like a similar message. So I think going forward, I want it to be a little bit more diverse, but basically that you can do anything (laughs) because it's true. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No, great message. And, um, this is my last question for you, but what is one quote that you've heard or that you go by that you want to echo out to the world? Uh, I mean, it's kind of short, but, um, my like number one saved thing on Pinterest is take your dreams seriously. And, um, I'm a big believer in like the mood boards and the manifestation of things. And, um, yeah, take your dreams seriously because you never know what could happen. Never know. That's no. awesome. Yeah, it could it could be one of those movie things like you talked about exactly. earlier. Exactly. That's the dream for everyone. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun to talk to you. And I can't thank wait to hear all the amazing work that you have in store for us. Thank you so much. This was thank you for doing this. This was so fun. So of course. Love talking to you. Thank you too. <laughs> Awesome. Well, have an awesome night and um, yeah, stay tuned. And I can't wait to share this podcast with everybody. Yes, me too. It's going to be great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. You can follow along with Callie Rohde on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Callie Rohde. You can connect with Echo on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.